You're listening to The Nancy Gaines Show. The goal of this podcast is to help business owners be successful and gain the advantage. Nancy has helped some of today's top Fortune 500 companies across a wide spectrum of industries work through their toughest challenges. She can help you too. So if you can't find the solutions you need, there are no more books to read or workshops to attend. The Nancy Gaines Show can be the difference between your success and failure. And now your host, Nancy Gaines. Hi, this is Nancy Gaines, and welcome to The Nancy Gaines Show, where we provide actionable ideas for entrepreneurs to grow their business and be even more productive. The focus of today's podcast is all about being a great podcast guest. And I'm super excited to have someone who's very, very expert in this area, Nicole Holland. Let me tell you all about her. She is a podcast guesting authority. She's been featured in Forbes, Entrepreneur Magazine, and the Huffington Post, as well as countless podcasts and virtual productions. She is often called upon to share her expertise from the live stage with business owners across North America interested in leveraging modern marketing strategies in order to increase their visibility, likability, and credibility. Welcome, Nicole. Thanks for sharing part of your day with us. What else would you like to add to that introduction? Nancy, thank you so much, first of all, for having me and for your listeners spending the day with me too. (laughs) Um, I don't know that there's much to add to the introduction. It's just, um, you know, I love serving and supporting folks who have big missions and big visions and they see themselves, you know, they have that clear picture that they've probably held in some way, shape, or form since they were really little. They know they're meant to impact people, and I just get tickled to help them get there faster. Well, this is going to be a great episode. I'm super excited. So first of all, what a unique skill to help people be really good podcast guests. Did you see a void in the market that prompted you to start this business, or what inspired it? Well, actually, I I guess there was a void. I guess, I don't know, honestly. I mean, I think when we wind up passionate about things and I think I have high standards. Um, I was actually interviewing somebody for my show earlier today and he was talking about as a child, just not really fitting in because other kids would, you know, make the fort or they would do something and it was like enough. And he's like, but no, it's not there. It needs to be better. It needs to be like this. And I totally resonated because I was like that. I was like, if there was something that I saw a way to make better, I had to. And that's just kind of stuck with me my whole life. And as a podcaster myself, I was interviewing people and thing, and, and the, the people who I, you'd expect were like the best guests because they were the most experienced and, you know, the biggest names, stuff like that were not always the best guests. And I started really noticing for myself my experiences with different guests and saying, oh, some are really, really good. What makes them so good? And some not so much. And what did I not love about that experience? And then I started just sharing my lessons with my guests and my friends and then my students. And I would just say, you know, if you do this in an interview, you'll probably get this result. And then I would go out on other people's podcasts as a guest and test my theories and see what worked and what didn't. And so this exploration was just a lot of fun for me. Meanwhile, I was building my coaching practice and find, and people kept coming to me and saying, can you just do this 
guest thing for me? Can you book me? And I'd say, no, I don't do that. I'm a coach. I'm not an admin. And I'll teach you how to make the best of your opportunities. I'll teach you how to get the show. I'll teach you all that, but I'm not going to do it for you. Finally, one day, um, I did say yes. I had a guest who I had sought out because he has a, a service that I use. And I thought, oh my gosh, more people need to know about this. Let's get you on the map. It's all word of mouth right now. And, um, and he said, you know, cause I, I, I said to him, I said, love to get, help you get out there more. Can I introduce you to some of my podcaster friends, uh, much the way you and I met Nancy. And he said, uh, well, no, I don't really have time to meet people, but I'm happy to do interviews if you want to take care of it for me. And after a little bit of going back and forth, I was like, um, yeah, okay, that I can do because I do it for fun anyhow. I love it. And then that's how this started. So um, there's a lot of people, especially now, doing podcast booking services. And as my business has evolved, what I've come to really understand and, and be able to articulate is I, do, I don't actually have a podcast booking service. I have a a marketing solution service. So I'm a consultant, I'm a coach at heart and a marketing geek. And so what I do is I help people understand the gaps of why things are not converting, why their marketing efforts aren't converting and help them optimize. And one of my favorite ways of doing that is through podcast guesting. And so I have a full service agency that takes care of booking folks on the shows that are going to get them the most leverage. That is awesome. I love podcast booking services. They make my life so much easier. And I love when they actually send me the right fit. And they're usually business people. I have one company, I get this, they keep sending me guests that are kind of more woo-woo and spiritual, which really isn't my listening, my listeners' uh, preferences. And I responded and said, oh, I don't think this guest is a fit. No, this one's probably not a fit. They actually wrote back and said, oh, you don't have to tell us they're not a fit. It was like they weren't even listening to me saying how to make, how to send the right fit. Isn't that odd? It's disgusting. And this is what fired me up as a podcast host. When I started out, uh, I was getting a lot of attention right off the bat. Pretty early on, I got on New and Noteworthy. And I'm really proud to have held on to a New and Noteworthy spot for over a year now, almost two years. It's been really exciting. But at the same time, I get a lot of Old pitches a lot and seeing those things and, and realizing and at the, at the beginning I was like honored I was like oh my gosh that's so awesome that this person who's so successful would want to be on my show and I don't even know them that's amazing because for me I am a relationship person I build relationships and so I never needed guests I was I've never been at a loss for guests because of the relationships that I've had and because I've asked people I'm like wow I love what you do can you, can we talk about this? Can, would you like to be on my show? And so I've always had yeses and no problem. So when I, I had these pitches from these companies, I'd be like, oh, wow, well, that's amazing. I have no connection to this person and they're such a big name or what have you. And then I would say yes. And I'd interview them and they'd show up like from an airport, whatever, with noise in the background, didn't have quality audio. They had never listened to my show, had no interest in me or my audience. And all they wanted to do was use a platform to get their message out. And it just made me want to vomit. 
And so I really struggled through that at the beginning of how do I balance out saying, no, this is not acceptable and not close the door to opportunity. And um, it took a while for me to figure that out. And finally, it's like, no, I, I, I very, very, very rarely accept a guest pitch from anybody. I don't normally do it from booking services because they're doing what I am the, I, I do the opposite. I look for relationships. I look to get to know podcast hosts so that I can understand what their listeners are looking for, what they are looking for, how to make their life easier and better. And then I know my clients so intimately it's not a transactional service. I know my clients and I only take on clients who have visions and missions and businesses that I can get behind and personally lend my name to and say, yes, I endorse this person. So then when I can see just like, you know, a relationship matchmaker, maybe for romance, that's how I am with my podcast hosts that I work with and with my clients that I work with. It's always looking for that perfect synergy um, that can really make so much more happen. That totally makes sense. Totally. I've been really happy. I'm going to give a quick shout out to Interview Valet. They've just been, their guests have an amazing one sheet. So it makes it really easy for me to come up with questions because I customize questions for everybody. It makes it more conversational. But I've been really, really happy with them as a company and the types of, they're just a really good fit for my business. So I'm glad to hear your thoughts on that too and that you're making a difference in making it even better. And Let I me switch. Oh, go ahead. Not everybody, because I actually have hired another, a competitor, if you will. So I'm not, I don't, I sh probably should have backed that up and, and said not across the board. But what I recognized was that there was a lot of that personal stuff missing. And oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Area that I love. So that totally no no that totally makes sense so one thing you say which I, I can't wait to hear more about this is well you know when we're podcasting we can't really read body language because it's all audio how does a guest know if they're engaging the audience or if they're alienating them well I think that goes to um, preparation so it's really important, in my opinion, to prepare. The majority of the work that you should be doing as a podcast guest is before the actual interview. So that means listening to the show, right? Like I just listened to um, one of your episodes today with um, Jason, not true, Troy. Troy, I think is the last name. Um, but, I, you know, you listen to the host's show. What I usually do is listen before I pitch myself. If I'm pitching, when I'm pitching myself, I listen before I pitch to make sure it's a right fit. Then I pitch. And once I get the yes, I listen again. And then the day of the interview, I go and listen again because I want to make sure that I'm dialed into the style of the host. And I trust that they know their audience and that they are able to pull out of the guest what they're looking for and what the audience is looking for. Um, and so, I mean, is it possible to alienate the audience? Of course, of course, like, you know, and you can't please everybody all the time. But I think when you do the preparation to make sure before you even ask for the, um, the, the yes, ask for the booking, once you know, okay, this is somebody who I will likely have synergy with, I'm listening to the show, I like their style, I understand 
from reading and from information that the host has given me what their audience is looking for and I believe I'm going to be a value, then it should be a win. I'm so glad to hear you say this. One of my early guests a couple years ago in the, probably in the top 20 I did, the first 20, she actually came on and said, well, I've been listening to your episodes and I really liked, and she was able to tie things back. I always know if someone's listened to one of my shows because I have a signature question I always ask. And based on I when know, I, when I heard <laughs> it, like, had no idea you were going to ask it. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Well, you can tell by the length of the pause, right? Yeah. They're like, oh, I wasn't ready for that one. And then other ones are pretty prepared with it. It's kind of fun to catch people off guard, but you're, you're ready. I can't wait for your answer, huh? As soon as I heard you ask, I was like, oh, I know what I'm going to do with that time for sure. Oh, good, good, good. <laughs> so are there any core questions that every guest should be prepared to answer? You mean core questions in terms of what the host would typically ask. Yeah, like what should they be ready for? They like you should not be surprised to be if someone says, "Tell me about yourself." Well, um, 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 you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. You should definitely, you know, I get asked like often. I'll get asked, "Well, podcast guesting, everybody should be doing that, right?" And I don't believe there's any one thing for everybody. I think you have to have the right personality. You have to know what your strengths are. For me. Writing is brutal. It takes me hours to write an email, to write a blog. It's and it, I don't love it. I don't enjoy it. Um, the finished product can it be impactful? Can people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the end of the day, it's draining on me. Whereas interaction, like this one-on-one -on -one interaction that you and I are having right now, lights me up. I have more energy right now, even though this is the fifth interview of the day between uh, interviews that I've conducted and interviews that I've been in. I feel energized. It's like I get, I get ah, just so into it when I'm in an interesting conversation with somebody I actually enjoy talking with. And so for somebody like me, podcast guesting is perfect because you get to just stay in that space of connecting and speaking and communicating. And I think that when you're really in it, when you really enjoy it, the listeners lean in, right? The listeners want to hear. It's like if we were sitting across from each other at a cafe and we were having coffee or hot chocolate or whatever we're doing, and we're in this really awesome conversation and the people around us, they're not, quote, a part of our conversation because it's between us, but we're so energized that they're leaning in and they're overhearing and that they can't help but like smile and get excited about what we talk about. That's the kind of experience I think all podcast interviews should be. Now, with that said, there's a lot of podcasters that don't agree with me and that's perfect and they have their styles of shows. For me and for the clients that I attract, those aren't the shows that we go on because of our personality. So, if you're going on a show, and this again goes back to that prior preparation, if you're going on a show and you are not somebody who enjoys conversation and banter and exchange, then you have to look for the shows that are looking for a guest to educate um, and to answer questions like point blank and who are maybe more traditional media trained. That's going to be your show. Um, and then if you're going on a show that's more conversational and you know what you're an expert in and you know that you're going on with somebody that you can enjoy and that you believe that they're going to also enjoy you and that you can show up with value. I actually encourage my clients to drop 
all the expectations of questions and just show up. So when you prepare and you're listening and you know, okay, this host asks this particular question or the host sends information about their flow and they say, be prepared for this. Yes, be prepared. But as far as typical questions that are asked, I personally teach my clients, it doesn't even matter because when you show up to be really present in service and you're not, you don't have an agenda, everything flows really naturally. That is so insightful. Wow. I mean, I've, I sense that, but when you put it in words, it's so much better. I've been on shows where it was just, I like to see where it goes, right? You start a conversation and you hear something cool and you go down that route. But I've been on shows where it's just one question after another, even sending the questions ahead of time. And I don't think I do as well with that. I know myself. I certainly don't. And what I've found is, I mean, I've done shows like that. And you know, and sometimes there's a reason to do it if it's a right fit for the audience or, you know, there's all these different things you want to look at when you decide you want to be a podcast guest. Well, why? What is it that you want to do? And I get a lot of people saying, I want to be everywhere. I just want to do a hundred podcasts this year. I want to do 50 podcasts or whatever. And it's like, okay, but why? And they don't have a real answer. And so that's something that I focus on with my clients. Again, with that marketing consulting, it's like, where are the gaps? What do you want to get out of this? Because I'm in business and I mean, while I love to meet people, my time is valuable. And so I don't have time to be on umpteen podcasts unless I know that it is the most, it is, it's got the best opportunity for some kind of connection, collaboration or commission essentially, right? If you're not making money, if you're not making, uh, building a relationship with somebody you actually want to build a relationship or you're not connecting in a meaningful way, then what are you doing it for? Um, so I focus on less is more. And sometimes because again, I have the agency, sometimes I'll go on shows to vet for clients, for example. And I was on a show recently where it was sort of like that, where the host, I thought she actually really wanted to go into a story, but then she would come right back to the next question. It was so structured that it was, it was like, it was such a weird stop. We'd be, you know, I'd answer something and she'd be like, oh, wow. Okay. Okay. So now next question. <laughs> Okay, well, I guess that's how we're going to do it. <laughs> but every, every host has their own vibe, you know? And like, I think about John Lee Dumas, who's such a popular podcast host in our sphere, and he is extremely structured. You know, you know what's going to be asked. The listeners know what's going to be asked. And it's, that's what they tune in for. They love that. So they're really tuning in for his show and his structure. Whereas other podcast hosts who are more conversational, people tune in because they're excited to explore the conversation and they're interested in the guests that come on and they're interested in, in something, being a part of a conversation that has never been had before. That is awesome. Wow, it's nice to have a refreshing viewpoint on some of these things. <laughs> That, that's just, I've got, you've got me thinking about things versus the questions, but I am going to ask one more question and then my signature question, which you can pretend you're surprised about if you'd surprised. like. <laughs> hey, since I know you love marketing, what are some good tips on actually marketing a podcast? You've got your own podcast, so you can share what you do or tell us something new. Yeah. So can I give can I give listeners marketing perspective if they're a guest, since that's kind of what we've been talking about? Sure, however you want to take it. 
I'd love to take it there because I think that this is something that whether you're on a podcast, whether you're interviewed for a blog, whether whatever kind of collaborative content you're creating on somebody else's platform, one of the things that, um, and Nancy, you know, I'd love to get your take on this as well, but one of the things that I experienced as a podcast host and continue to experience is that the guests who are on my show, oftentimes it's like, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, peace out. I never hear from them again. And they're missing a huge opportunity because I'm an advocate and I want to support people. And I get very uninspired to continue supporting people who can't even so much as like, tweet something for me, you know, who don't share that they were on my show. And it's not like I hold a grudge and I'm like, oh, I don't like you. It's not like that. But it's like, I take note. I notice the people who do share, who actually demonstrate that they valued the experience and that are willing to share it with their people. So what I recommend, um, there's so many things you can do. I recommend that if you're on a podcast or any other type of um, shared content, that you really get creative and think about if I were the producer, how would I love for my guest to support me or promote this? Um, so there's a lot of ideas. So you could take a podcast interview that you do and you can ask the host, can I republish this? And most hosts would say yes. I don't know why anyone would say no. If they do say no, then they might be in a scarcity mentality. But generally, you can get the embed code. You can put it right there on your blog. So if your blog is getting um, traffic that the host's blog wouldn't, you can post the show from the host with their permission and do a write-up about it, right? Write a little blog post about what it meant to you and um, the experience and then let them know they can listen right there on your page and also go check out and you can link to their iTunes, you can link to their website and so on. You want to give value to the host, right? You could do something on a public, uh, publishing site like Medium or LinkedIn to talk about the three tips that you shared on that podcast and thanks to the host, right? You can highlight the host in a Facebook live video if that's your thing. You can invite the host to be a part of some content that you create, maybe interview them. There's so many different things you can do, but I think it's important that you do something because you as a podcast guest get it, get the easy route, right? Really, all you got to show, all you got to do is show up and bring it. And if you want to be a great guest, then you do more than that. You show up on time. You show up with the right equipment. You show up prepared. You thank the host after with an email or a card or a Facebook video or, you know, private video or something. You then let people know that you've been on the show. You share it out and, you know, if you can create some additional content to highlight the host. Wow. Great tips. I had the same experience, Nicole. And Christmas time, I actually sent an email to all of my people that have been sending me guests and say, Hey, I make it so easy for people to share. I even have a like click to tweet and click to LinkedIn. So all they need to do is click four links and leave a five-star review on iTunes and they weren't because I went back and did all the measurements. And I said, if we can't change this, it's really not my, worth my time to work with your service anymore. Wow, that caught their attention. It really did. Yeah. And can I just <laughs> say something about the five-star review as well? Uh-huh. So this is something I think that's an educational piece. Um, 
so getting people to actually do it, that's a whole nother story. And right. I don't understand. I even, when I have guests on my show, I specifically say, have you listened to my show? And please go, if not, like, please go listen and leave a five-star rating and review. Like, hello, it helps your interview get out to more people, the more <laughs> <laughs> the more, right. But whatever, like, that's just a whole nother, I don't even have 200, uh, reviews and I have had like 250 interviews so far, but that's a whole nother gripe session. <laughs> well, the thing is people are spending, I'm guessing four or five, six, maybe 700 a month to get on shows. Right. Isn't that about what they charge? Different places. Yeah. So why wouldn't you at least share that one time with a link that I provide to say, here, at least get this out. So it's kind of a waste. What were you saying? If it doesn't make you a partner or you had three good C words, what were your three C words? I literally came up with them in the moment. And so the last one was commission. Cause I was like, I don't oh, cash. I guess it would have been better, but um, you collaborate. I don't know. I don't know what the words were. Well, now. <laughs> we'll hear it in the replay, but yeah. whatever you said, you should, uh, you should keep those. Those were really good. <laughs> It's okay. got to be a value. It's got to be a win-win-win. It's got to be a win for the host, the audience, and the guest. Right. Because think of all the, the prep that goes into this, too. You've got prep before to make sure the guest looks fantastic. My job is to make the guest look good. Yes. That's how I see it. It's prep afterwards, and then it's prep getting the thing out. So, yeah, it's you're money. right. It's money. It's either podcasters are either putting in their time or they're paying somebody else to time. Right. It's expensive. I don't care who says, oh, you can start a podcast for free. No. If you want to have a quality podcast and then you've got to market it to actually get listeners, right? So people, like you have to put in. But what I have all of my clients do is actually go in the preparation stage. And as soon as they listen, leave a five-star rating and review. Because my, my position is if it is not worth a five-star rating and review, a sincere five-star rating and review from you, you don't belong on the show. That's number one. So that should be first and foremost. Number two, about the five-star, a lot of people just don't understand what it means. And so I like to put it, especially authors, right? Like if you've ever written a book, you know what it's like not to get a five-star review. If you have a restaurant, you know what it's like not to get a five-star review. Even though it might be like this long written review with four stars where they're raving about you, the question is always, why not five? And when it, <laughs> and when it, it's almost like, just give me one, right? Like, why are you giving me a four-star? So when we write reviews, I've, I've heard, I've talked with so many people about this and they say, well, I never give five stars unless it blows my mind ever with anything. And I say, well, then you better not be looking to be podcast guest because if you're out there giving away four star reviews and then going to that person and saying, can I be on your show? They remember the people who, <laughs> who don't do five stars, right? It's like a five star review shows that you believe there's value in the show. I totally agree. I had a five-star rating with Uber. I've only taken 20 trips ever. And the 21st guy gave me four stars. I'm like, hey, what happened? Like, I didn't notice it until I got back and checked my rating. And, I'm, and then it, he must be one of those guys that never gives five stars. But he just, like, tarnished my rating for no reason because he wouldn't give – I wish he would have given zero. I mean, just not done the rating. Yeah. Yeah, it's like – and, and it's so funny you mentioned, I didn't even know they had ratings and then I realized, oh, I've got ratings. I'm not a five-star person, I guess, whatever. I don't care. <laughs> but, 
but when it comes to the, you know, like when it comes to the podcast, again, when it comes to guesting and I, I just think, you know, if you like a book, give it a, give it a five star and write why. If you don't like a book and you feel that it's such a bad book or a po- bad podcast that you need to let people know that it is not good, then give it a one star and explain why. If it's anything in between, I don't know. I'm just of the mindset where if you don't have anything nice to say, just don't say anything. Yes. Isn't that what we grew up? That's what we were taught as kids. If you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. So are you ready for the fun question I ask everyone on the show? I don't know. What is it, Nancy? (laughs) (laughs) Well, gee, let me see. Okay. If you had one more hour in your day, 25 hours, what would you do with the extra hour, Nicole? I would sleep. (laughs) I would so sleep. (laughs) I feel that right now. I have a tax business I do two months out of the year. And so February and March is, uh, you know, I'm balancing two businesses. So I don't get much sleep in these two months, but... How much sleep do you typically get? Um, well, it also depends on what's going on in the business. So right now we're expanding and hiring and I've been traveling and some new contracts. And so I would say not as much as I would like, but I try and get, uh, well, my alarm is set to give me eight hours, but by the time I actually get to bed, it's more like six these days. Yeah, I think seven's kind of a good number, seven to seven and a half. Yeah, I I can survive on six and still feel good. When I'm in the middle of like summit season or some big crazy project and I'm getting less than that, then things get a little wonky. But I used to love naps. And so I I would love, if I had one more hour a day every day, I would love to designate that as a sleep hour. Awesome. Self-care is a perfect answer. You mentioned quite quite a few things you do to help people be podcast guests and some other things for people who'd like to work more closely with you. How can they connect with you? Yeah. So the best way to connect with me is visit interviewsthatconvert.com. Interviewsthatconvert.com. And that's my hub. Right now it's under renovation, but hopefully by the time this goes live, um, it'll have lots of different ways to connect and to get value. In any case, at the very least, it'll have my direct contact information so you can reach out directly. Perfect. And is there anything else you'd like to add that I didn't think to ask you? Just that I think as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, as an author, as somebody who is getting paid to give value, I think it's important to just always come back in whatever you're doing to the why. Why are you doing this activity? Whether it's podcast guesting, whether it's Facebook ads, whether whatever it is, anything in marketing, why? And to get more clients or to get seen or to get hurt, that's not enough. Like what's the underlying factor? Because when you know what that is, the rest of it is gravy. And I think we all know how to get there, but sometimes we get in the day-to-day busyness of life and, and, and we sometimes tend to lose sight of that bigger why. Why are we doing this in the first place? So I think that's always something good to come back to. I like to come back to it on Fridays, for example, you know, Friday evenings reflection and, and just make sure that I'm on point um, every once in a while. That's great. You probably like that Simon Sinek TED Talk everyone talks about, right? I've heard people talk about it. I've not yet heard the talk. So 
I think it's a short one. They're 18 minutes, so you could probably catch it. But people hear that and they're like, this is amazing. But I'm glad you figured that out on your own. Maybe we'll see you on a stage. Have you done a TED Talk? I've not done a TED Talk, no. Is that on your stages though. It's not actually, it's not one of my aspirations. Um, I'm very, I'm very organic. And so I love workshopping. I love going on stages where I get to show up as me authentically. Um, I don't do as well with like slides and pre-planned speaking points. I like to work with the audience. I like that too. And I feel like if I'm going to do a TED Talk, I want it to be so, a real, what's it, ideas worth sharing. I want it to be so different, not ordinary. And I don't have a bridge under the water story. I think that's what they call it in the speaking business where you're like, and I was flat broke and all I had was, you know, one dime. I don't have a story like that, but that's dramatic. I I shouldn't say ugh, but it's like, I know that, so that was, (laughs) we got a little long here, but that was one of the biggest challenges I had when I started my online business because people wanted that story. And I'm like, oh gosh, I don't I'm like, why? I don't, I don't like focusing on all oh, the hard times and how I overcame it. And I know that that's what sells. I know that that's what people <laughs> want. But at the same time, it's like life is a journey, you know, and, and there's bits and pieces of my life that I share with people when the, when it's the appropriate time, you know, I've done so many podcasts now that each host pulls something different. Like we, I've never had this conversation that we're having before, right? Like the, the C words, I don't even remember what they were because they weren't talking points. They were, they were in the moment they came out. And so I share different parts of myself in different ways with my community and with extended communities, such as your listeners, Nancy. And so I tried so hard to write that hero's journey story and I just never did a good job at it. I'm in the same boat because you know what? I'm like, well, it happened. I can't change it. Why dwell on it? Move on. So it's like how it's like everything that happens, there's that that next step and next step. And it's like, you really want to hear about my life as a correctional officer. You really want to hear when I was homeless. You really want to hear when I was, you know, whatever. And I just think (laughs) why the value is in the now, in my opinion, there's only the now and there's moving forward and being inspired to be happy and to be, you know, I don't know if better is the word, but I think whenever we're on the path to becoming more, which we always are, because every day we live, we become more. I don't think it, I don't know. I, I don't stay in the stuck in the, (laughs) (laughs) I know a lot of people do and no offense if if I don't, I don't mean to be offensive. I just, uh, I think everybody has their own style and, and way. And I know for me, you know, Ted isn't an aspiration, not to say that I would never do it, but at this point in my life, I really just enjoy that deeper connecting with people in a more intimate and organic way. What a great inspirational way to end the show. That is awesome. I love that. (laughs) Nicole, thanks so much for taking time to be on the show today. Lots and lots of cool conversation, valuable information. Listeners, I am looking to speak on more online summits this year, mostly around productivity. If you know of one, please drop me an email, nancy at nancygaines.com. And if you loved our show, please subscribe, rate, and leave a five-star, I added that for you, Nicole, (laughs) five-star review on iTunes. It helps other people find us. And until next time, go out and gain the advantage.
You've been listening to The Nancy Gaines Show, where you can gain the advantage. To schedule a VIP strategy day or speed consulting session with Nancy, connect with her on her website, nancygaines.com. That's Nancy, G-A-I-N-E-S, dot com. On Twitter, Nancy L. Gaines. And on LinkedIn, Nancy Gaines. Be sure to check back on Nancy's website for new episodes. Until next time, you've been listening to The Nancy Gaines Show. Go out and gain the advantage.